When it comes to rare Porsches, there are several. Cars like the 935, the 356 America Roadster, the 991 Club Coupe, the 1967 911R, and other various factory-built rarities. But since it's the holiday and I'm a committee of one when it comes to voting, I thought I'd talk about the mid-engine, very, very limited edition of the 914. It was known at the Porsche factory as the 914S, but you may know it by its more common name, the 914-8. Welcome to Porsche, never substituted. I'm your host, Will Veach, and in this mini holiday bonus episode, I thought we'd discuss the ultra-rare 8-cylinder 914. The 14er was built from 1970 through 1976 and currently are increasing in value among collectors and are becoming more of a beloved car for Porsche owners. They are still relatively inexpensive to buy, well, sorta. A four-cylinder 914, which is by far and away the most common, can be had for about $15,000 for a decent one, depending on the year and the motor, and upwards of sixty-plus thousand for a two-liter four-cylinder. And just a quick reminder that those cars have a VW engine in them. A 914.6, which incorporated a two-liter six-cylinder Porsche motor, well, that's a bit different. While not necessarily difficult to find, they are a bit spendy. A quick look through some specialty online advertisements shows that the average price is around $100,000 for one that is in excellent shape, and that price just keeps climbing. Which brings us to the rarest factory-made 914 ever, the 8-cylinder 914.8. How rare, you ask? Well, there are two. That's it and they are owned by Porsche and are frequently on display at the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart. The history around the two 914s is not so complicated as the story surrounding the production of the original 914, but it does involve two fairly influential members of the Porsche family, Ferdinand Piesch and Ferry Porsche. Piesch was the grandson of Ferdinand Porsche and in 1969 was in charge of the 914 platform. He also really, really liked racing which made sense seeing that he was in charge of Porsche's racing division at the time. He also wrote his master's thesis in 1962 on the development of the Formula One engine. So, of course, cramming a Porsche 908 motor into the mid-engine 914, well, that was only logical. The flat 8 motor put out 300 horsepower with its 3-liter displacement and had a top speed of around 155 miles per hour, according to the Porsche Museum. To put that into perspective, my 996 that I owned had 296 horsepower and a curb weight of over 900 pounds more than the 914. That's incredible. I don't want to fail to mention that the 914.8 also had a 916 transmission, which of course was necessary for such a powerful car. Piesch's eight-cylinder beast of a 914 was not only different under the hood, but a little bit in looks as well. Just a tad. You see, at first glance, the orange car looks much like any other 914, but there are subtleties. For example, the front pop-up headlights are a bit wider as they contain dual headlamps instead of the single headlight of the standard versions. The fenders are also a smidgen flared out as well, but ever so slightly, and nothing like the wide fenders of the 916. Under the front bumper, there is an opening to allow airflow for cooling purposes, but other than that, it's basically just a typical-looking 914. 
The interior wasn't totally complete as it had extra switches labeled with an old-time label gun that pointed out the fire suppression system and the fuel and electrical cutoffs. The interior also had matching orange carpet with houndstooth seats and was finished off with an all-wood dash. The test car of Ferdinand Piesch wasn't street legal, however, and was mainly used to prove the concept and was strictly a prototype car. The other 914-8 that was produced was done so as a gift for Ferry Porsche's 60th birthday, and it was definitely street legal. The silver 914-8 was a bit toned down as the 908 motor was detuned somewhat for better driving and better exhaust. The car would have an output of only 260 horsepower, and that is frankly staggering to me as the 914-6 had about 110 horsepower and the top model of the 914-4 had just about 100. My 73 1.7 has only about 80, but it's still incredibly fun to drive, I might add. There were also some differences in the appearance to Ferry Porsche's 914 from the standard 914, and they included a gas cap on the hood rather than under it, rocker panels that were the same color as the body, a Porsche crest on the front trunk, and a sunroof. One not-so-insignificant detail was instead of a target top, this particular 914.8 had its top welded to the body somewhat akin to the 916, but it didn't have the 916 wide flares. Like the PS version of the car, Ferry's car also had a cutout under the front bumper to aid in cooling the 908 engine. There are some reports that say that Ferry Porsche really didn't like the car and it eventually ended up in the museum. But that particular 914 has 7,000 miles on it, so someone was happily tooling around Germany. Unfortunately, the 914-8 was never really considered for production and was left for the 14er owners to pine for, but it still has its place in Porsche history. Not to be outdone by Ferdinand Piesch, 914 enthusiasts that want a bit more power have made modifications to the 914, including dropping in engines from Chevrolet, Subaru, and others. There are all electric 914s and 914s that have even been upgraded with 911 motors. The 914 is fun, versatile, and unique, but none were so unique and rare as the two museum pieces that are the original 914-8s. Thanks for listening to our mini bonus episode. And thank you so much for supporting us. Please share and tell your friends, family, and fellow Porsche lover. I also want to hear from you. I'm collecting Porsche stories for future podcasts and would love to hear how your love affair with Porsche began. You can email us at stories at neversubstituted.com. Support our podcast by going to neversubstituted.com and check out our shop links and some very cool stuff, plus a preview of next week's show. As always, special thanks to Dennis Schrader Photography in Austin, Texas. You can see some amazing automotive prints and artwork at fastlanephotoworks.com. I'm Will Veach. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope to see you again soon.